0: And welcome to the Healed Podcast, the place where we can talk about all things food, body, and mind from an anti-diet and weight-inclusive lens. My name is Marie Pierre, or you can call me Marie, and I am your host. I'm a registered dietitian with a background in psychology, and I specialize in food relationship and body image. And I am the founder and CEO of the Balance Practice, a treatment center for eating disorder and disordered eating. Every week on the podcast, you will hear from myself, the team at the Balance Practice and other providers who have dedicated their careers in supporting folks to have better relationship with food and their bodies on this podcast we aim to provide a safe space to have these deep and juicy conversations regarding eating disorder disordered eating recovery health relationship body image and honestly anything we believe will support you in living your big beautiful life we believe in the power of healing and hopefully this podcast will be a great addition to your toolbox in your healing journey thank you for tuning in today and let's get to the podcast Welcome back to the podcast. Today's an exciting day because we have some of the team members here at the balance practice with us to talk about the holidays. So before we get into today's topic, I'd love if everybody just like say hi, who you are, what you do, and then we'll just get into it.
1: Hi, I'm Jasna. I'm one of the dietitians at the balance practice. I work with folks who have eating disorders, I work with teens, I work with adults, I work with families with young children, I also work with people without or with eating disorders who are struggling with managing diabetes. Or with perinatal concerns and young child feeding, I do one-on-one support, and I also do group support in the form of meal support and some group education.
0: Yay! Actually, Jasmine, I want to say you're the only person on the podcast ever who has now been on three times. No, four times. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're like the, the star of <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Yay, amazing. Hi, everybody.
2: My name is Fanny. I'm a registered psychotherapist qualifying, so I have not yet taken that exam, but soon. I work with teens, adults, couples. I do some groups. I've worked a lot with, before that, I was working in youth protection. So I have a really large experience for like trauma anxiety, self-harm. And uh, so um, I've been working at the balance practice now, and I'm working to help teens and adults basically in their recovery journey and just helping to support them and understanding kind of what's going on, the mechanisms behind it, and really just kind of validating and, and
3: uh, helping you guys through whatever it is you need help with. I'm Haley. So I am the clinical coordinator at the balance practice, and I Do a lot of work behind the scenes, connecting with our entire team and connecting with our clients, making sure that everyone feels supported and everything is running smoothly around here. And yeah, I love,
0: I love my job if you guys listened to last week's episode with Manik, neck literally was like, Haley is the best during the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's just the vibe. Haley is the best. We all adore yeah, Haley.
3: I
1: haven't heard, <laughs> but, I haven't heard it yet. It or, you you I have
0: to that. listen to Manik's podcast now, Haley, because you'll hear it at the end. She's like, Haley is just like the best. I'm like, I don't even know why she said it, but it just came out. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just a fact that it be said on air.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think of how that would even come up with the topic of <laughs> the podcast. So I'm like, where? where? But I, I'm really excited to listen (laughs) yeah exactly you're like this is what I'm gonna do for myself I want (laughs) to see like what led to that but yeah that's really nice that's really sweet
0: so today we want to talk about the holidays so and the holidays when it comes with Our relationship with food and our body, especially if we have an eating disorder or disordered eating, or maybe we're like further along in recovery, we know that the holidays can be a different and potentially challenging event. So we thought today maybe we'd talk a little bit about like why it is challenging or how it could be challenging. And then we wanted to support you with maybe some tips around the holidays and how we can support ourselves through this season. So let's start with maybe a little bit of like the challenges that may arise. So Also naming a few that comes to mind. And if you guys, you can just like unmute and just connect and share what your thoughts are. The first one for me that comes up is really the fact that the holidays often rely and revolve around food. And it's definitely been my experience in my family that we, I mean, we're half French Canadian, half Italian, we all love food, but every single activity that we have is always around food. So we can imagine that if our relationship to food is challenging, it can be quite difficult if we're spending all of our times with our family, which in itself can be challenging. And then we have all these food activities that it just It intensifies the experience quite a lot.
1: Yeah, I think similarly and I think when I think about kind of the holidays and food-based activities, I always think about like expectations. And we can have around the holiday season, you know, there might be expectations we have for ourselves. We might have expectations for the other people we're going to see at that food event. We they might have expectations for us, and that also kind of just intensifies the whole the whole experience as well for the person who's struggling with an eating disorder. Or even if they are further along in recovery, we can have some very unrealistic expectations about what's supposed to be happening and how we're supposed to be feeling about it.
2: Absolutely. And I think holidays are hard in the best of times with the, in the best situations. It's stressful, you know, um, you're kind of getting off the, you know, it's often the first vacation you've had in a bit, days are short, it's cold, you know, um, it's just, there's a lot of stuff going on. So sometimes just, and then you're kind of just thrust into another situation. A lot of people, not everyone does well with a lot of people, either not all families are made the same. And so sometimes just having someone to kind of help support, give tips, um, you know, Jana, Jasna, so uh, I've said, and just kind of having someone to help, you know, kind of help you through that transition or either through support or tips, tricks, you know, to kind of get through it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think like the amount of people we can be surrounded by over the holidays can be, I mean, more. And again, like family dynamics sometimes are just complicated, right? And then the folks around us and maybe folks who are maybe aware or not aware of what we're going through when it comes to a relationship with food and body can also feel isolating to like, maybe feel like we need to hide that part of us too. Mm -hmm. And no one will tell you harsher things than people who love you like
2: they'll you know and they don't mean to they'll just straight up tell you a comment and you're like oh well glad I have my therapist
0: to unpack that baggage yeah you're like I need to book an extra session during the holidays because this is hard <laughs> but absolutely and I think we often talk about this at the practice too like we all live in diet culture and we have all been taught these messages from such a young age and I think like you said family like I don't think people have bad intentions but these messages can be really really harmful when we have an eating disorder or a
1: relationship with our body is you know uncomfy
0: and maybe feeling unsafe yeah, yeah. I think, when think about
1: I'm sorry Hailey, I think when we think about like all growing up in diet culture I think a lot of ways that people start even small talk at like family events or friend events is around like what diet are you on what diet did you try what's your new year's resolution diet and it can be really hard to get away from that when we're in group gatherings
3: Yeah. And it'll even come up sometimes, like even if not directly talking about diet, but like in situations where people are eating together, there can often be like seemingly harmless comments that your family members or friends might make about what you're eating or what you're not eating that they may not mean anything by and it may just be an opt-in comment, but it may be more meaningful for you and it may have more impact than anyone really realizes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even I think about like if you are in your recovery and like potentially your body has changed over the last year, or you're just a human living on planet Earth and your body has changed because bodies are supposed to change. But seeing family members after a long time, if your body has changed, can also be quite difficult, right? Like kind of worrying or thinking about like, the comments that they may say. And I think about that, like, again, with my own family, like, it's definitely some comments like, oh, since last year, you've blah, 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 you've this, or you've gained, or you've lost, or you look this way. And like, people think these are compliments, but they are not, right? Like commenting on someone's body is just, it's never okay. And we shouldn't do that yet. Sometimes with our families, it's still something that's very normalized.
3: Yeah, even a comments like you look good can be taken. Any comments about our appearance can be taken certain way. Right. And those comments can sometimes be inevitable when we're seeing people we haven't seen in a while.
0: Yeah. I remember for me, the comment was like, you look healthy. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, it's not a bad comment, but when you are someone with an eating disorder, you look healthy means potentially gaining weight, right? Or it means like, yeah, my body just looks different than it did. And it's all the, you know, the way that ED shows up for us.
1: Yeah, so coming out of the pandemic, it can be like even more amplified too, because there's some people we might not have seen for several holidays in a row, we might be going to bigger events than we have been going, we might be doing things that are fancier with like certain outfit expectations that we haven't been wearing in a while too. And that can like provide a lot of comparison, either with other people, or with like a previous version of ourselves from previous holidays too.
0: Yeah, it's a good point the other thing that I had written down too is structure like not having the same routine like the fact that like let's say you are off or maybe you're traveling or maybe you're like going to different events or whatever your regular routine and like my dietitian hat is on now like your regular eating routine may have changed and that also can be an added challenge as well during this time
2: I was gonna say it's just to kind of piggyback as far as structure And COVID, I think, you know, socialization is really important. And in the sense that, you know, teenagers had this giant chunk of time where they weren't around people, (laughs) Um, you know, other than, than family members and TikTok and social media. And a lot of the things that they got or ideas and beliefs during you know that time was from social media and when we're at school right we we have friends and we hear the good and the bad and we can kind of create boundaries we can kind of create some ideas and and create a bit of that guard against that you know external look And opinions. And having missed that, now it's a little bit harder to, oh, all these people have opinions. Like, is that true? Like, you know, because what do I do with that? And so that can create some internalization and some some competitions or some fear that, you know, already during that time, it was already hard with body image. And now definitely seen a shift that it's a little bit harder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Any other challenges that we're thinking about before we move on to our tips? All right. Well, we hope that we didn't like pop your bubbles too much talking about challenges because (laughs) I find sometimes we talk about challenges like, oh no, now I am absolutely dreading it. But no, like we also believe that like the holidays and these experiences are part of our human life and experience and we want to be equipped to be able to go through them. So now we're going to move to more talking about tips and things that we have either found helpful for ourselves or for our clients or things we've learned about that can be really, really helpful to support us in the holiday season. I
2: can go on one because it piggybacks off what I just said. So I said (laughs) the negative part of that, but the positive part of that is exactly so we were isolating, but we don't have to isolate anymore. And there's so much benefits that comes from being with people and building up that social resource, right? Like having the, that social contact and people who can listen to you and being vulnerable and building that confidence that you can only really get with spending with people and family or cousins or, you know, all the other social stuff that comes with that time. I think, yes, there's challenges, but there's also so much good and strength um, that comes from that, you know,
0: and having time off,
2: which yeah. doesn't like a little bit.
0: So almost like what I'm hearing from you, it's like a tip would be like focusing on connections and kind of maybe able to start identify like who are those folks that I want to be able to maybe strengthen the relationship with or get more support
1: from and like connect with them a little bit more. Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna add my dietitian hat version onto that, <laughs> Kate Fanny. I really love that idea of like spending more time connecting with people, and I think knowing that a lot of our holiday meals are, you know, going to be stressful potentially if we're working through recovery, or even if we're further along in recovery. Um, and so many holiday events can be around food. Having someone that can be like our holiday meal buddy, and someone that we can potentially whether it's someone we've shared what's going on with or not, just someone that we're feeling really connected to or someone we feel really grounded when we're with. Having someone we know is going to be like a safe person to sit beside so we don't get stuck between those two triggering people we are going to talk about their diets the whole meal or talk about topics that make us feel unpleasant or make us feel on edge and potentially even someone to take a break with. You know, we may not want to be around all of those people the entire time and it's okay to have some scheduled time with another person to maybe get a little bit of downtime with. If we do have some more active eating disorder behaviors going on in the picture, this can also be a really good safety plan. Having someone that knows kind of some accountability pieces, someone that if you are going to take a break, kind of knows where you are or is hopefully going with you if you're taking a break too.
0: I absolutely love that. Kind of like having your like meal support person with you and your ally in your recovery. I love that so much. I do too. And I'm going to piggyback back. (laughs) Next (laughs) level. level.
2: (laughs) Because when you said that, you made me think about being prepared. And I think anyways, so I have ADD and I have to be prepared if I want to deal with anything correctly. Um, So kind of, you know, knowing that, hey, maybe this might be a little stressful. I can kind of practice some coping tools or bring like a safety item or something that can kind of make me feel or even just kind of map out like a little isolation place when I need to take a break or you know just kind of have a little bit of that like exit strategy for a breather or something like that and also a couple rebuttals so like you know when someone does say something sometimes like write down a little like I know aunt Sharon is gonna say something awkward and just kind of instead of just taking it in I know I'm gonna kind of question anything that's said same thing that we do you know sometimes with politics, Um, but we can do that with anything, just kind of like, okay, that is an opinion, and that's fair, everyone's allowed to theirs, But like, you know, why do I think they're saying this? What do I think about that? And then kind of reassure ourselves that way.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's a little bit like kind of like a boundary works, like kind of seeing like what I feel comfortable with, what I don't feel comfortable with. And if something is said, like, how do I want to respond? Do I need an exit strategy? And how am I making sure that I'm not kind of like internalizing their messages? So I really love kind of those like cues of like, okay, well, that's what they believe. It's an opinion, not a fact. And then like, what do I think from it? What do I believe to be true? What does my recovered self believe to be true versus what my ED believes to be true, right? Because those are two separate things. But yeah, I really, really love that. I think boundary work is really, really important. And I do see the boundaries being around like topics of conversations that we have. So if we can proactively set boundaries, I think that's the best way, you know, like letting folks know like, hey, this year I'd love for us to not speak about food and body around Christmas time. I know that boundaries feel super awkward for a lot of people, myself included. If you're like a people pleaser, like boundaries are just hard. So even like connecting with your care team, too, to kind of support you in building the like capacity and then also knowing how to set those boundaries, I think would be really supportive. And then I absolutely think like boundaries about around food is really important too, right? Like making sure that either you have some of your safe foods with you. So we don't need to use the holidays as this big exposure and just expose ourselves to all these foods. Although there may be some opportunities for us to expose ourselves to a variety of food. But I really think that even focusing on our safe foods and having those boundaries around that and then boundaries on like food talk and how people are discussing food, talking about food, their food, your food, diets, all the things. I think it'd be quite protective for ourselves too. This podcast is brought to you by The Balance Practice. The Balance Practice is a treatment center for eating disorder and disordered eating. We are a registered dietitian, social worker, and therapist who specialize in eating disorder care for teenagers and adults across Ontario. If your relationship with food or your relationship with your body is impacting your life quality, we are here to help. Don't hesitate to reach out to our team at www.thebalancepractice.com to get more information and start your recovery today. All right, let's get back to the episode.
1: I love that Marie-Pierre made me think about kind of like that planning ahead piece, right? You know, even finding out What foods are going to get served, when foods are going to get served can sometimes make it a little bit easier going into it and potentially thinking about like how we're going to contribute to the foods that are going to get served so that we can feel a little bit safer. Right. So that we're not it's not a jimongous challenge for food for the whole day. Yeah, I absolutely love that.
3: And to add on to that, it can be overwhelming sometimes when you're trying to come up with a plan to think about everything that might come up. And it can be really helpful to connect with your care team for support beforehand, just so that they're able to really support you with coming up with that plan. So if you're working with a therapist or if you're working with a dietitian, it can be really helpful to connect with them and really use that support system. And then also afterwards, you know, after the holidays, it can be really important to make sure that you're checking in with them again and just seeing where things are at and sometimes it can be really Believing to know that you have those check-ins already scheduled and that your your support is there for you and you're you're gonna be able to reconnect at those those touch points.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that too. I think support is such an important part of recovery, like having your care team or your family or whoever is part of your support team to be able to like know that you're not alone going through this and it's okay that the holidays are challenging and we have support and we have folks who are able to to help us through. My other like dietitian is is really with the food and making sure that we keep some type of food structure. Whether you're like on a like a meal plan right now in your recovery or you're not, when your routine changes, it can absolutely impact our food structure and like the way that we eat, which you know, some flexibility with that is definitely needed. And we do want to be sure that we're meeting our needs and we're making sure we have enough food. So really making sure that you're like, you know, having your breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, that the, all the foods are still coming in. Maybe the times are changing a little bit. Maybe the food is slightly different, but we absolutely need to make sure that we are having enough. And we need to make sure that we are also eating consistently. Something that we can see often. I'm sure, Jasmine, you see this often too, that folks will have like, let's say a family dinner and then we'll like, maybe not eat their snacks during the day because they know they have dinner. So kind of this idea of like saving up food or not meeting our plan because we have a dinner or feeling the need to like compensate or earn. And that's absolutely something that we do not want to do because that it will most likely increase our ED voice. will definitely, it's definitely part of like the disordered behaviors. Like we do want to be sure that no matter the plans we have, that we are still able to nourish our body consistently throughout the day.
1: Yeah. And kind of reminding ourselves that our bodies can handle this. Actually, our bodies are designed to have some flexibility and variety in the types of food, the amount of food, and it's actually okay to have, you know, potentially different foods or even more foods than our meal plan, that that is part of working towards normalized eating. And we still need to have that structure in there. Just as Matthew Piaw said, it, saying, we're not like saving up the food or compensating in some way. Our bodies can actually handle this.
0: Yeah. I love that. Like the day I learned that my body is not a robot. (laughs) I don't need to like meet the exact same needs every day was life changing. Like our bodies are so smart and they adapt and just like allowing ourselves to also like, yeah, there may be some times where we eat past point of satiety and like life continues and nothing bad
1: happens. It can be um a really lovely time for those who are a little further along in recovery and can practice some intuitive eating to actually kind of notice how well our bodies do work for us and actually have some fun, you know, this might not be the time for everyone, but um, the holidays can sometimes be a really lovely time to kind of play with satisfaction around food and learn what we like or what we don't like or things that maybe we've been missing for a while. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Another tip that I had was also planning some non-food related activities because food can be such a big part of the holidays, which is amazing and we love it. And, it, you know, it's probably going to stay that way in some capacity. But if we are able to also build some connections with our loved one outside of food, so thinking about if there's some activities that we want to do that may not involve food could be quite supportive because it may allow us to have a space and time with their eating disorders less loud or we don't we're not like worried or anxious around food like we can be more present and we can actually develop those connections more deeply so trying to think about like are there some activities that I would like to do with my family or loved ones or friends that are just not food related
3: yeah yeah and then also paying attention to I I would say like with that also like all that family time and exploring like those ways to connect with people. You can also check in with yourself. It's also okay to take space if and when you need it. I know as somebody who's like, more on the introverted side. And I do get, you know, easily overwhelmed by a lot of time with other people and just sometimes need a little bit of space to myself. I feel like during the holidays, I do need to make that extra effort to be like, this is a time I really do want to connect with people. I love connecting with people. So setting aside that time where this is my time where I'm going to be connecting and then also scheduling in time where I have that space and time to myself. For me, that's really important. And I know that that may be important for other people too. I really
2: love that. And I like what everyone is saying. And I agree so much. And I think it also comes down a little bit to, I hate the term finding yourself because it sounds cheesy, but you know, (laughs) just that idea of the like identity. If you work too much or after you you finish school or whenever you focus so much on one activity, motherhood, anything that it might be, in this case, maybe the eating disorder or food, it takes away other parts of you that you think about, right? And things that, you know, kind of you liked about yourself or that were fun, maybe they give you energy that was outside of stuff. And maybe having this time or the supportive people can also give us a little bit of time to kind of not, you know, focus on something else other than that, like something that we like or something that's fun about us and, and kind of explore other aspects of ourselves that maybe, you know, we haven't paid attention to in a while.
0: Mm-hmm. I like- Love that I like okay I like finding yourself because I am a cheesy person I also love okay. like coming home to yourself I'm like full body chills like that is so like Hallmark beautiful
2: <laughs> I want you to crochet that or like
0: embroider it on something. Oh my God, yes. Coming home to self. If we ever write a book, I think that's going to be like the title. Coming home to (laughs) self. Yes, I love the cheese. Any other tips that we want to leave the audience with? Anything else that we can think about that we think could be supportive or helpful as we navigate
3: this time of year? I would just want to say that if, you know, even if with all of these tips, you still feel that the holidays are a very heavy time and they're a very hard time, it is okay if you're just in survival mode, and that you just want to get through it and make it through. And that's going to be a win for you. And, you know, I feel like that is something that we can accept and be okay with and get through it, and know that it's going to be a hard time and just do our best to self-care through that. Yeah. I think that's so I important. I think it goes back to it. Like Jasna had said at the beginning, like expectations
0: around the holiday and like kind of clarifying, like what does that look like for you and what are the expectations that you have and absolutely just like getting through and just, you know the survival mode like just being able to get through the holidays is definitely okay like we don't need to live like on instagram where it's like all of it is like intensify with all of the things and it's okay to also just be okay
2: i love that and again just to chime in on the amazing things you guys are saying and i was thinking of that whole be kind to ourselves right And often when I say that to people, like, try to have some, you know, self-compassion, be kind to yourself. Um, They'll say, like, well, how do you do that? And I say, well, just pretend that whatever you're going to say you would say to a friend or someone that you really care about how would you say it and then like would you ever say the things you're about to say to yourself to someone else okay well then how would you word that and kind of change that motto from i have to be perfect well perfection doesn't really exist so if we if we change it to i'm not trying to be perfect but i'm just trying to what would that be for you for me it's like i'm not trying to be perfect i'm just going to try and kind of like you guys said, lower that expectation and just so, show ourselves a bit of that ca- kindness where we can't be perfect and don't try to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Like I think, I think in general, like folks with eating disorder, disordered eating, like a lot of those can be like type A perfectionists. Like those are all traits that are very common. So I really like that approach. To, like the holidays, like what if we didn't? <laughs> like what if we didn't approach it that way and kind of like allowed more of that space. And had just like different expectations. I really like to set like expectations around feelings and being around instead of doing. And that's something I'm practicing for myself too. Like how would I want to feel over the holidays or who do I want to be to myself? on the holidays right and is it like I want to be kinder or I want to be more gentle or I want to you know move towards recovery in whatever way feels manageable for me like kind of just being able to break it down more Another
1: That's great. moment. <laughs>
0: uh, there you go. the holidays are it's, it's just so interesting I find like in Just trying to manage all of the things and just our human experience in general, like all the expectations that we have on ourselves, but also that maybe our family has and just trying to do all of the things that sometimes it takes away from like being and how we maybe want to experience it a little bit more.
2: And it's so funny how like you can feel like you have it together until you go into your family and all of a sudden you kind of revert back, <laughs> you know, and you're like, what am I, you know, and kind of it's, it's funny that, you know, like the people you love the most or the pe- your family or the people you have the most history can kind of just push those buttons and have you kind of revert back into you know a little bit of like old mechanisms and just kind of understanding too that that's what's happening right like it's family and it's like an old like you said family dynamics and we all do it
0: well it's kind of this idea of like the people we care the most for have the most impact right like if a stranger on the street tells you like hey why are you taking a second piece of dessert you'd be like Who are you? (laughs) Like why are you dying? (laughs) But yeah, exactly. But your mom says it and then it's like a whole new thing where it's like, you know, it's it's hurtful. So it's also yeah, I think those like boundaries and support that we can create in family, I think can be really helpful one last thing I would say for folks in recovery is trying to think about if you are in your recovery journey and it's something that I do with my clients especially when the times are different or their schedules is changed and like the routine is different is that we try to focus on what's like one thing I can do for my recovery today and sometimes it's food related sometimes body related sometimes it's not right like sometimes it can just be a type of self-care but just to try to get ourselves still in that kind of recovery mindset and just focusing on like so how how do I choose recovery? today what's one thing i could do to move the needle forward towards recovery today especially again, when the routine is completely different, because it may just be harder to engage, right? Like when the routine's always the same, recovery can start feeling maybe on autopilot. But when that changes, we may have to put a little bit more intentionality on how are we engaging with our, our treatment and recovery in this moment.
1: I love that. I think especially like as a dietitian, we can get really focused on like, what's the food, what's the food, what's the food, right? As part of recovery. And actually thinking about, you know, recovery is so many different people. Pieces, and there's so many different parts to recovery and each day might not look the same right in terms of how we move the needle forward yeah and that's all okay there's no good
0: and bad recovery it just is amazing thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and sharing all of your wisdom with the audience i hope that everybody found it super helpful and supportive. And before we go today, we're going to go through our fun questions with like a holiday twist. Are we ready for it? So typically the question is, "What you're, what is your favorite food? But today it will be, what is your favorite holiday food?
1: That's a good question. We did a little holiday meal with my in-laws recently. We have have so many different holiday meals. We have to like get started in November so we can fit them all in. But one of the ones I really like is my sister-in-law makes these squares that have like, it's like shortbread cookie with caramel and chocolate on top. It's so good. And it's been kind of like my my in-laws sort of like go-to dessert for Christmas. So that's definitely on there. And then my family always does like, a, f- a version of a fruit cake, and it's one that my grandmother used to always make before she passed away and now my mom's been making it so it's like really special
0: that is really special
1: also side note
0: how cool is it that food can have so much of like that emotional tie like I love it so much so I heard someone say French
2: Canadian so it's <laughs> uh, about to be very French food <laughs> my mom always does this big cook thing um we try we always try to help and she never lets us so we actually don't know how to make anything and no one can read her writing so like no one can read her recipe book and it doesn't make any sense it's just like pour with your heart like add a pinch you're like that doesn't that's not a thing <laughs> so like she's taking it with her but no some of her favorite stuff though is so there's this thing called like a so like six dough okay, kinda. and it's just like it takes forever to make and it's just like a bunch of like meat and potatoes and spices in this like dough and then she makes a gato scala crème so it's like this white cake with like this caramelized sugar
0: poured on top of it that's always really fun. I thought that when you said French Canadian food, I'm like, there's going to be meat, there's going to be potatoes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just waiting for what the, the rest of the combination is. Meat, potato, ketchup, and sugar. There you go. Yum. Like that's like our French heritage. We we absolutely adore it.
2: We needed to survive the winters, man.
0: <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Haley, what is your holiday food favorite
3: Yeah. Well, so my husband and I don't actually celebrate any specific holiday. We kind of just like piggyback on other people's holidays, like we go to like friends Christmas parties or like my family. Uh, my family is Jewish, so they celebrate Hanukkah. So they have, you know, some more traditional Hanukkah foods. So I'm trying to think of my favorite. Like, I I definitely have a favorite from my childhood, but I don't even know if they still make it anymore. But I remember they used to have these dreidel cookies. And I don't know if you don't know what a dreidel is. It's like a spinning top that's used at Hanukkah and they have these cookies that are in the shape of the dreidel and they're I believe they're shortbread and they're dipped in chocolate and those were my favorite thing when I was little at Hanukkah time like when I would go to my family's parties I loved those I I should try to see if they still have them anywhere because I don't think I've seen them in quite a while but they were really good
1: that sounds really I would be good. up for that. Shortbread and chocolate is like, it's my jam. <laughs> I think my
0: favorite is something that on my dad's side, they used to make, that's called a coconut roll. And it's like a type of like fudge with like different types of nuts, coconuts, marshmallows. There's like cherries. It's basically like all the goodies and fudge. And then they just roll it into a ball. And then it's called a coconut roll. And it is mm, delicious. It is the absolutely best. All right. The second question I'd love for us to talk about is our self-care. What And we'll make it again, holiday edition. What is your favorite self-care maybe over the holidays to support yourself through this season?
2: So for this particular one, I had a long year. And so I actually kind of just scheduled again, plan, time with friends, times with family, and then times alone, even not with my partner, but just alone, alone, just to kind of recharge the battery. And I'm going to do a lot of stuff that I haven't done. Like I like to write and journal and play some music and I haven't done any of that. So I'm just going to be really selfish for a few days and just do everything that I want to do and sleep 12 hours and I can't wait. And then I'll go spend
0: time with people. (laughs) (laughs) Have <laughs> <laughs> A good combination of like the alone time, the rest time, and the connection time. Love it.
3: Yeah. So similar to Fanny, like this year has been not the easiest year. So the holidays have kind of brought up a lot of that grief from the year. Just to just because you know as, as holidays do, as we've talked about, like they can bring up quite a lot of grief. But also want to allow myself the space for that and the space to try to still do the things that I want to do. So I'm I'm trying to plan things. So I, uh, similar to Fanny that I have like time to connect in time for space, and then also allowing myself to really take time off, which I don't do very often. So I do have a week scheduled where I plan to be fully off, and that's that's really big for me. So I think that that's that's my big major self care goal.
2: I just want to say when Haley said time off, everyone reacted. It was like oh, like I think that hit everyone very close to home. Absolutely feel like we needed to hear that, Haley. Thank
1: you. Haley <laughs> really does a lot for the team. It's like another, this is going to be like continuation of Monique's episode. Like, yes, I think Haley needs some time off, probably even from us, mostly from us.
0: Haley needs a break from the team is actually the vibe.
3: <laughs> I'm kidding. We'll be survive. I love the vibe, but I, I will say I am excited to have like my time <laughs> off. But I, I will be very excited to come back and see you all. But yes. Very excited to have that week off. Absolutely.
1: For me, holidays, I like to like be a kid again and like do all the kids stuff. So if, for those who know me, I'm a mom and I have two little people at home. And it gives me just the perfect excuse to really get in there and do the activities, whether it's activities that they choose or activities that I choose. I'm going to be the one that's like, I want to be rolling in the snow down the hill and like just re-experiencing all the really fun things that have nothing attached to it. Just like pure joy, pure excitement, pure just, you know, bouncing up and down on a trampoline kind of stuff.
0: I love that. I love that like idea of like experiencing life through like a kid's eye where they're like just amazed and they're like oh my god snow. (laughs) I'm like I don't have kids but I have a dog (laughs) and I try to do the same with Odin like he's so excited when he sees snows fall and he's just like happy and I'm like what if I could be happy by just like seeing the sight of snow falling like what would that be like? (laughs) It's like very therapeutic. I think my self-care is, like, I'm extroverted. I actually did a personality test yesterday. I was, like, telling this to Haley this morning. And, like, my extroversion level is, like, 96%. (laughs) So, like, I love people. I love connection. But my self-care is an hour to myself every day away from people um and just kind of like regrounding myself especially with the family members who may not be fully uh, like aligned with my anti-diet and weight inclusive ways like just kind of coming back to myself and regrounding myself is definitely my holiday self-care that I try to do every i don't try i do it every year because it's a uh, needed <laughs> all right well thank you guys so much for being on the podcast it's so much fun to be able to like, have the team on here and connect and share with you guys. So I hope that everybody enjoyed the podcast episode. We wish you happy holidays. And if you need support, we're absolutely there to support you guys. So you can come visit it at visit us at www.balancepractice.com. All right. Thank you so much, Jasna, Fanny, and Haley, for being on the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks. Happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays.